Hey, I'm Jason Gray. Hey, this is Sarah Gross. Hey, I'm Andrew Osinga. Hi, this is Michael Carr. Hey, this is Andrew Peterson, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. And this is me, so let's have some exciting music. Who is me, you ask? Well, me is Rick Lee James, and this is my podcast, Voices in My Head. We've got a great show for you this week, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. I am your host, Rick Lee James, and this is episode number 85 already. I can't believe we're already to 85 episodes, but here we are. Before we begin with our artist interview today, who is John Nicholas, I'm really excited to have him. Uh, I wanted to tell you a couple quick announcements pertaining to me and what I have going on, not only with the podcast, but with some music coming up. Um, there actually is a brand new mobile app if you use an iPhone, or you can even get it on iPad, but just go to uh, iTunes, look up under the iPhone apps, Rick Lee James, and you can get the brand new Rick Lee James app. You'll be able to listen to the podcast online there. You'll be able to get videos, exclusive songs, and different things that you can't get just all online. So I'm really excited to be able to bring it to you. If you have a chance, go to iTunes and leave a review. That'll help us get visibility, and it helps me know what you like and helps me know uh, how I can change it for the future. So go get the Rick Lee James mobile app on iTunes. Also, the new book, Out of the Depths, is almost complete. We just I just got back Chapter 9 from the editor. Uh, up through Chapter 9 is finished. We only have one chapter to go. So, God willing, the new book will be out for Christmas, which is the companion to Basement Psalms Live. And uh, the book is called Out of the Depths, A Songwriter's Journey Through the Psalms. And lastly, I have a new Christmas single coming out. And it's a, it's a cover tune. I'm not going to share with you exactly what it is yet. But if you get the new mobile app, there's a little sneak peek video on there. Um, just finishing it hopefully this week in the studio. And uh, so exciting things coming up as far as Rick Lee James goes. Well, we're going to be changing uh, just a little bit now and actually going to our interview for today. And my guest today is an old friend. His name is Jonathan Nicholas. He has ignited passion through music for the past 20 years as a worship leader, arranger, songwriter, concert artist, and consultant to worship teams. And since 2003, Jonathan has served as the worship pastor and arts pastor at the Woods Church in Michigan. His love for God and the church is evident as he is fervently lives out his call to see generations engage in authentic, heartfelt worship. Jonathan was signed as an exclusive songwriter for Lifeway Worship in 2011. He and his wife Rachel live in Metro Detroit with their four children, Haley, Lilla, Ellie, and Luca. John Nicholas, welcome to Voices in My Head today. Hey, thanks, Rick. I'm so happy to be here with you, ma'am. I think I mispronounced. Is it Lilla or? Yeah, it's actually uh, Hallie. Oh, okay. It's okay, man. Hallie, uh, Lilla, Eli, and Luca. So we have two girls and two boys. It's what? it's a it's a blessing for sure. I- I butchered that up totally. Sorry, people. I was reading it, but my apologies right. to your children. I've even no, met no them. <laughs> so, well, it's good to have you here today. I'm really excited. You've got a, a great new uh, project with Lifeway coming out. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what makes it unique, among other things, and how it's not really so much an artist project as it is a tool for the church. And we're going to be talking more about that. Um, but as we begin today, um, every week I try to have a question of the week for my guests. 
guest, and uh, you're no different. So I wanted to ask you this week as a worship leader to another worship leader. Um, maybe you have an answer for this, maybe you don't. But as you know, we have a lot of different seasons throughout the church, and especially as a lot of churches get more connected to the lectionary and things like that, we actually have um, more holidays than we used to, I guess, and, and different days that the church is celebrating. So my question to you to this today is uh, for question of the week, John, is what is your favorite season to lead music? Oh, man, that's tough. I, I'm actually going to, you know, the obvious ones I'm going to avoid. Okay. Give, maybe I give a unique answer. Uh, I mean, I obviously love Easter. I mean, it's it's amazing when the body of Christ is gathering together to celebrate the risen Savior. Love Christmas because I love the Christmas songs. Um, but I'm actually going to, I'm going to kind of based off of what you were saying earlier, um, we do a pretty powerful Ash Wednesday service. Hmm. Um, and really, really, uh, we've done an Ash Wednesday service probably for about six years now here at the Woods Church. And I love leading that. We really strip that service down since kind of that whole idea is to begin to strip away um, things out of our lives as we enter into the Lenten season. And so we uh, we kind of strip things down and, and have more of an acoustic um, band and cajon. We've actually, the last two years or three years, we've done it in the round. So we've set up our room kind of in the round so that people can hear each other even more so. And so it's just kind of like the band and I um, just kind of get us started and the congregation just sings and fills the room. Um, and we we do some really cool things with, um, we do some confession and, and some corporate confession and, and uh, read some liturgies and, and things like that. So it's pretty cool. That's fantastic. That's a that's always a neat service, and I'm I'm really pleased that a lot of churches, especially you know more Protestant churches who who didn't even know what Ash Wednesday was a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, I didn't grow up with that being part of our tradition. I, for sure. I, I didn't either, and uh, it wasn't until I got to college and they started emphasizing more in my theology classes and stuff. I was like, wow, there's a, a whole other side to Christianity I never knew about, mm-hmm. and uh, it's amazing. So that sounds like a really cool service. Good answer, my friend. Very well, good there answer. You go. So. <laughs> Um, well, I, I want to talk before we get too much into your uh, your new uh, ex- worship experience that you've put out with Lifeway. Let's talk a little bit about your musical background, um, because I know some of our um, your background and mine have have crossed paths a little bit. Because I'm actually serving. Gosh, I, I've been at the the First Church of the Nazarene here for almost 12 years now, oh, and uh, in Springfield, Ohio, and uh, and you have a, kind of a background with that too. Maybe maybe kind of start there uh, with with how our uh, our paths cross, so to speak, or your background in First Church here in Springfield. Yeah, absolutely. And then just kind of tell us where you, you went musically from there, because I know you spent some time on the road, you spent some time in Nashville, and eventually made it to Michigan. So let's just hear a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when we were about, when I was about 12 years old, uh, my family moved to Springfield. My father became the senior pastor at Springfield First Church of Nazarene, where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. And it was on staff there for, oh my goodness, probably maybe maybe 15 years, um, something like that. And um, while he was on staff there, obviously I grew up at the church. I uh, sang in the choir, um, was a big part of, you know, um, just singing special music in church and things like that. And I uh, didn't do a whole lot of leading uh, at the church, but but just because uh, I hadn't really gotten into worship leading, but mm-hmm. 
but just participated in the music and all of all of that was happening there in Springfield. And then I went on to, to school. I went to Mount Vernon Nazarene University, just north of of Ohio of um, Columbus, rather. And um, from there, uh, I moved to Nashville. And I lived in Nashville um, for several years and did a lot of different things in music. And really, again, my uh, my desire was never to do church music necessarily. I wanted to do Christian music, but um, you know, there's one thing I knew going to Nashville is I did not want to be a worship leader. So uh, isn't that fun how God, God messes with us? But And so I was doing all these other things, um, some studio stuff, some um, dabbling and some, some artist stuff, and like just things weren't opening up. And then someone would say, hey, man, would you come and, and lead worship at my church this weekend? And I would do that. And um, I would I'd get such great feedback. And I'd be like, yeah, but that's really not what I want to do. And then I would go try to do some of the other stuff. And then I would lead worship at something. And and uh, my wife would be like, man, God used you today. This was a, you know, mm-hmm. you should have been like the, the the experience that that people were having was unreal. And I'd be like, yeah, but that's not who I am. <laughs> and so that went on for a while. I I was I try I did some traveling um, with Travis Cottrell, who was leading worship for a lot of events at the time and was on his worship team. And when I was home, I was leading worship at Brentwood Church of the Nazarene there in Brentwood, uh, Tennessee. Sure. And um, so all these things were happening. And there was just this awesome weekend while I was out with Travis that I really felt the Lord saying um, that he had something for me. And so my wife and I began to pray and fast and think, man, this is going to be awesome. Maybe it's a, maybe it's an artist thing that, that I was chasing, or maybe it's um, leading worship at conferences like Travis is doing, or maybe it's this or that or the other and had really no idea. But that week is the week that I received a call to come to this church. Hmm. And uh, so it kind of blew us out of the water is not what I expected. And um, long story short, um, we came and met with the church board and leadership and really felt strongly that God was calling us to Michigan and to this church. And it was a very traditional church. So it was very uh, interesting to me that we would be considered because I was anything but uh, traditional, mm-hmm. um, even though I'd grown up kind of in that in that world. So, I mean, we walked in and uh, and there's nothing wrong with any of this, but just knowing the context I was leaving, I walked into, um, you know, white pews and brass chandeliers and <laughs> um, a piano and an organ. And they were asking me to lead the kind of worship that I was doing on the road, which, you know, was much more contemporary, had a, you know, regular worship band uh, atmosphere and a much more use of technology with uh, obviously screens and lights and and uh, haze and all that jazz. So it was very interesting, but it was God was in it and our church um, took off and uh, doubled over doubled in size in, in two years. And um, been, I've been here 10 years. It's hard to imagine. Wow. Um, but God's done a lot of a lot of things uh, to help our church, which was always a great church. Um but had just become inwardly focused over the years and helped us to become a little more outwardly focused. And uh, we've seen um, many, many people come to Christ. um, And it's been an awesome experience to be a part of. Well, that's fantastic. That's really great to hear. And I I look forward to talking to you a little bit, kind of how you uh, bridge the gap between the traditional and where you are now, because I think that comes out a lot in your new project. Uh, And and it really it really is great for a lot of churches out there, including the one I'm in that has been 
extremely traditional in the past and has over the years since I've been there been making quite a transition. And so it's really um, it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of churches. So I'll look forward to, to talking about that more in just a minute. Um, but let's talk a little bit about this new worship experience, as it's called. And in some ways, it reminds me a little bit of um, what used to be maybe we would call cantatas or things like that back in the old days sure. with, with choirs, but it's different because it's not, you know, I, I think for the most part, uh, not entirely, there's still a lot of churches that do that sort of cantata format. But this new worship uh, experience that you've uh, worked with with LifeWay to put together, um, it really has a, a nice feel as far as something that a congregation could actually be led in on a Sunday morning rather than just kind of sitting back and listening back in the old days with the cantatas and things like that. Absolutely. So um, so let's talk, just tell us a little bit about it, kind of how this came about. And, and I, one thing I did want to ask is tell us how uh, you came to work with LifeWay as a writer. Yeah, so... Songwriting was not really on my radar screen uh, for a long time, and um, it, it kind of happened on accident. A pastor, uh, one of our teaching pastors here at the Woods Church, was um, asking, "Hey, I, I want a song at the end of this this message, and, it, and I'm looking for something that kind of says this and this and this." And I went back to my office, and as us worship pastors do, and started scouring through music on my iTunes and other resources. And I couldn't quite find the right thing. And this just this idea popped in my head. I picked up my guitar and, and before I knew it, you know, four or five minutes later, I had a little chorus. Nothing amazing. Trust me, it was not amazing. <laughs> it was just a simple little chorus. And I just kind of walked into his office and I had my guitar and I said, hey, what do you think about this? And I did not tell him I wrote it. I didn't tell him where I got it. I told him nothing. I just sang this little chorus. And he goes, yeah, it's perfect. He's like, yeah, does it have verses? And I was like, yeah, there's some verses. Um, and in the back of my head, I'm like, I got to write some verses. Um, but he was like, yes, that, that's it. And so I, um, spent some time, wrote a couple verses or a verse actually, and, uh, went into a rehearsal setting, taught it to my band, just played it off. No one asked. I didn't tell, uh, that I wrote it. And, uh, that was kind of the first time I ever did anything. And then, um, I guess periodically over the next couple, you know, few months, an idea would come up and I would kind of mess with it a little bit. And it just kind of happened that way. And so I started introducing us, you know, one or two or three songs to my congregation. And, and again, not even letting anybody know I wrote it. Uh, I figured if they hated it, I could be like, yeah, that Chris Tomlin, that, that's a horrible new song. That he did. And, you know, I don't know what he's thinking. Um, probably with my self-confidence issues, I was probably thinking if, if they hated it, I could just get rid of it and no one would know the difference. But eventually people started to ask and, and my worship team was extremely, uh, um, you know, they were extremely encouraging and my pastors and they're like, man, this is good stuff, man. We'd love for you to do, keep doing this. And so by happenstance, I had sent, um, the song, a couple songs to some, just some, some friends that I knew when I lived in Nashville. And somehow one of them, some of, uh, one of them ended up with Craig Adams, who I know, you know, yeah, who is, uh, um, one of the directors at Lifeway. And he called me up and said, man, this is, this is good stuff. I'm, I love what God's doing in your ministry and in your songwriting. And, um, this is kind of a direction Lifeway would like to, to go with some of our stuff and would love to you consider, love for you to consider, uh, writing with us. And so that's kind of where that, that started. And I, I was kind of flabbergasted. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not much of a songwriter. I said, this is new to me and here's some, you know, this is what I got. And Craig was, 
he was like, man, we're, we're confident though, that, that you're going to develop into a more prolific songwriter, you know? And so they've given me some amazing opportunities over the past couple of years to write with and to learn from amazing songwriters. Um, and that stretched me and, and helped me become a much better writer. So. Well, that's great, man. That's a neat story. Um, and, and Craig is a really nice guy too. He's, uh, I, I think there's a lot of mystique around the music industry in Nashville, but then you, you get with people like him who are just like, wow, this guy's just a great guy. I forget, oh, absolutely. I forget I'm talking to one of the music big wigs, you know, and I, <laughs> yeah, he just to... loves God and loves the church and Definitely. wants to resource the church. That's, that's what, that's what attracted me to Lifeway. Um, not that I had any other publishers knocking down my door, but w- what I loved about what Craig had to say was we're here to resource the church. We're not here to make superstars out of anybody or, or, you know, we're not a label. We're here to resource God's church and we want to give the song of faith back to the church. And I loved, I loved that about Craig. And, and so I was happy to throw my ring and my hat in the ring, if you will. That's amazing. Well, let's get into some of the uh, the new songs, and uh, you know, not all of us out there have churches that can can pull off being Gateway or Jesus Culture or some of these other, <laughs> you know, churches that are like have got these just incredible bands with amazing musicians and huge budgets and all kinds of things. Um, there's a lot of us churches are actually in places where we're trying to serve a people who we've got a, a wide range of, of people that we are serving, everybody from the very young to the very old, and everything in between and uh, we have people with different backgrounds people who uh, grew up with the great hymns of faith and people who have never heard them in their life and it's just a completely different musical language and uh, that's one reason I like your your new project that you have brought out with uh, with Lifeway because I think it's going to be accessible to a whole lot of people um, yeah and that was the that was the whole goal I think it was kind of a bridge if you will from like you said earlier, from churches that might do a cantata, mm-hmm. um, and then there might be a church who's a little more modern who would prefer to do more congregational stuff. Um, and, you know, different church sizes, different, like you said, different budgets, different capabilities. So we were just trying, I was trying to create something that I felt like um, kind of span the gap, if you will. Sure. Um, well, I'm going to play a little bit from uh, from the first track so people can kind of wet their whistles, so to speak, and hear. This is a great song. Um, it's it's the old hymn, uh, you know, praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. And uh, you've done a neat job of kind of rearranging that to to really what would be a, a more modern ear. And uh, but it's but it's the same song. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Has a new chorus uh, that you wrote, and so hopefully our listeners, as they have listened to that, uh, have kind of gotten excitement about it. I like the guitar riff on it. I think it's kind of a neat thing. I, I yeah, think I, uh, 
told you before we're going to try to do that this year and around Thanksgiving and I'm looking forward to playing that electric part with the band it's going to be You're fun. a great you're a great guitar player so you'll be able to do that no problem. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. We we have a lot of fun whenever we play together, but um that that one is is one that I think a lot of churches will appreciate that have have been very hymn based in the past, but actually, or maybe you're trying to move more into a modern musical feel a lot more. Yeah, uh, so, absolutely. so did, did this initially start like your idea for writing this? Was it initially a Thanksgiving project, or were you just kind of maybe reworking some hymns? And happy coincidence, it kind of worked out that this was going to be something that fit for the project you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what happened. What what had happened, it kind of originally, uh, Ken Barker, who used to be with Word, who's now with Lifeway, had called me and it had kind of progressed. The first conversation was, hey, we would like to have a worship leader kind of consult us on this project um, because we want it to have a worship feel to it mm-hmm. um, and not a cantata feel. And so he was like, hey, could we just ask you some questions? So that's how it started. Well, then he was like, hey, can I send you some songs and you maybe piece them together and make a Thanksgiving worship set out of these songs hmm. and 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 maybe write a new arrangement of the hymn we gather together. So hmm. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, you never say no. Right. You say, oh, yeah, sure. Do that. So I hung up the phone and I Googled we gather together because honestly, I'd never heard the hymn. I know it's horrible to admit. <laughs> and then when I listened to it, I thought, man, I don't know how I'm going to do a modern arrangement of that. Yeah. Just because of the how many the changes and and uh, just that melodic line is extremely hymn like. So, and with uh, with great words that people understand, like hasten and chasten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. So uh, basically, I, I contacted Ken back and I said, hey, I, d- I don't know about we gather together, but I have been thinking about a new arrangement for the hymn "Praise the Lord the Almighty." And as I re- read these lyrics. Uh, I think they would work great for the beginning of a Thanksgiving thing. And he was like, well, you know, work up a, a work tape and send it to me. And I did that. And then as I was looking at the other songs they sent, they were all great songs by great songwriters. But I felt like um, they were it was like piecemealing. It just it didn't flow um, thematically, musically. And so I just kind of again, I was just giving advice. So I just kind of said, hey, Ken, you, you might want to consider like, I just don't feel like these fit together all that well and he said well what would you know what would you recommend so i hung up the phone with him and i said well i did it now I told my wife i'm <laughs> you know they want they want to know what i would do and, and she gave me awesome advice she said well just create something like you were creating for our church you know like you were going to create a worship set so well i said well for my church i'd want to do if i was going to do something new i'd want to couple it with something my church is really familiar with which i think worship leaders should do more often sure uh, instead of introducing a bunch of new stuff and although praise the Lord, the Almighty is not a new, brand new, it, it, it kind of will be for my people mm-hmm. because um, we're a fairly modern church. We don't do a lot of the old hymns. Um, and so following that, I thought, man, I love the song 10,000 Reasons. I don't know if I'm getting too far ahead of you. but Oh, no, that's fine. A great song that, that has taken off in the church all over the world. And... Um, and I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool to do an arrangement of that with the doxology in the middle of it? Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, that's probably what I would do. And so I, I wrote up something like that. And then um, the final song uh, was just something that came out of um, just as I was working on this project, just as I was thinking about being thankful and, and things like that. So 
So then it evolved to, I sent them these ideas and they were like, Hey, let's do that. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you want to do what I just suggested? <laughs> um, and we didn't use, you know, much, much of the songs that they had sent at all, but it, that's kind of how it developed. Nice. And, uh, and then they called me back and said, man, we'd love for you to come and actually produce the tracks, um, and sing, sing some on, on the project as well. And so it kind of evolved from where you consult, answer a couple questions to, Will you take this whole thing over? And so it was a lot of fun. And uh, I, man, I'm very thankful for Craig and for, for Ken for having confidence in me to, to give it a shot. So well, that's great. Well, let's uh, let's play a little clip of the 10,000 Reasons track. And then we're going to blend that right into uh, the track We Give Thanks, which you wrote, which, which Give Thanks. And then I want to talk to you a little bit more about your experience producing in Nashville. The sun comes up, it's a some great sounding tracks and uh, john nicholas is still here with me he's my guest today and i want to talk to you just a little bit before we end our conversation today what was it like uh, going to nashville to do some producing on this was this your first kind of big project that you actually had done uh, professionally producing yes absolutely um you know i i kind of went into it with the mentality of because it's a worship project 
I'm just going to walk in there um, and talk to the guys like I would talk to my worship band. Hmm. You know, if I'm introducing something new to them. Um, and so now it helps that you have amazing A-list players in the room. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. You can, uh, you know, you can just get kind of get them pushed in the right direction. Um, so and, and they did amazing. I mean, Dan Needham's playing drums. Um, uh, who's playing? I'm trying to think of. Uh, Oh, David Cleveland's playing the guitars. Mm. Uh, you know, just a real solid group of people that are playing. So, uh, it was, it was a ton of fun. I would play them my little work tape demo with my little acoustic guitar, which <laughs> is not, you know, I'm not a great guitar player by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, and then, you know, to have David Cleveland there and pick up his, you know, his McPherson and say, Oh, you're kind of doing this. Okay. I see what you're doing. That's a pretty cool experience. That's and neat. so, yeah, I just basically talked and, and taught just like I would like my worship band. And then certainly with humility said, hey, what do you guys think? Because <laughs> these guys are, are amazing musicians. So um, we worked kind of that direction. And uh, that's that's kind of how that went. Well, that's great. And you know what? It's always been my experience when I've had the chance to work with Nashville musicians because I I spent several years there in college and high school. I was in that area. And uh, the nice thing about that I think is unique to Nashville, not that I have a lot of experience outside of there, but I always feel like the musicians there, especially ones who are a little more seasoned, don't take an attitude of like, well, I'm better than you and I don't have time for you. I always feel like there's a big brother mentality. Like they want to kind of put their arms around you and be like, Hey, come on, let me, you know, let's, let's help you grow along with this. And, um, and so that's, that always makes like when you're working on a project like that so much better when you have people who are, um, actually servants, you know, and want yeah. to be a part of the project. They and, were very much so. And, and a, kind of a neat story, the, we give thanks. We kind of cruised through the first couple songs. Um, and we got to, we give thanks and the groove was all wrong. Like everything was the first, their kind of their first run through of the song. I mean, it was like not even in the same ballpark that I was wanting. Oh, wow. So here I am going, man, what do I do? <laughs> uh, you know, because I'm I'm working on Lifeway Studio Time. Sure. It's the last song of the day, and we're running out of time. And uh, and David Cleveland looked at me, and he goes, "Something's not like. What are you feeling, man? What are you What are you thinking?" And I said, "It's just not right." And uh, and they said, "Well, why don't we break for lunch and and come back and kind of have a fresh run at it?" And so it gave me time to kind of regroup my thoughts. And we came back and uh, I, I met with just David because a lot of it was the guitar stuff that I wanted him to change. Mm-hmm. And so I met with him one on one for like five or 10 minutes. And man, he just, like you said, big brother. He was like, man, I got this. I can do this. What do you think about this? And we just found it together. It was, it was awesome. Hmm. And then man. when I said, do you have an Ebo? He just lit up his little face. He's just <laughs> like, I get to play with an Ebo. So, um, and, and completely went. Another amazing thing about these musicians, I mean, they played the the whole song through one way, and then by the time I re-explained and kind of, you know, gave them another direction to go, they they just sit down and play that song that way. It's like, okay, we can do that. Uh, so it was really, really awesome. Great players, great heart, like you said, um, heart for God and the heart for His church. So it was, it was a lot of fun. 
Well, that that sounds like a great experience. It's uh, it's really glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that you're having good experiences there and uh, getting to work with some really incredible people there in uh, in Nashville. And and while you're still getting to be a music pastor, that's awesome. That's a great yeah, thing. I love leading people in worship. That's what I do. And and in the neat how you know I know how you said in the beginning that that was something you never wanted to do and uh, it's it's kind of like me when I was growing up I I always said well I don't I don't want to be in ministry you know that's not my thing yeah that was me <laughs> and, right uh, and like, I'm okay with doing Christian music <laughs> I'll just love them and leave them I don't want to actually stay and and get in the lives of people but right. that's that's where the blessing is and yeah. young guys out there listening and you think it's all about being on the platform or all about um, you know, writing songs or whatever. It's really sure. about um, investing in the lives of people. Well, and I, I think if we're not careful, there can be a real like rock star worship leader mentality among a lot of younger people who are, uh, you know, they come in and they see people like Chris Tomlin and different ones who have made like a real career out of this. And uh, but most of us in the day to day, you know, even people who are really talented, um, it's not really about that so much. And so it's great yeah. to hear uh, people like you who are in the trenches and actually doing the the day to day ministry work that's going on. But God's still using you to produce some uh, some great things for the church at large um it's, it's always a neat thing when as a, a songwriter um you get to to see your music being used by other people and and uh as i've had opportunity to do that in the past and just be like wow that that wasn't it's not just me anymore it's it's something that god's using for the church at large and so that's a wonderful thing and so i'm really hoping that people will latch on to this new project and um before before you uh take off out of here and we finish our conversation today um i'd love to just pick your brain for a second because uh yeah with your experience being in worship ministry and we we have a lot of listeners that are that are uh, pretty varied. Sometimes we have pastors, sometimes we have worship leaders, sometimes we have movie buffs, just be- because depending on the week, the podcast will go uh, different directions. Um, but for those of us that are worship leaders, um, let's say that you have somebody out there listening right now who who came into a situation just like you did uh, back in 2003. Um, there's somebody that has one way of uh, leading worship that they've gotten used to. Maybe it's a new style. Um, and they're coming into a a congregation who has uh, really had a completely different atmosphere as far as the music, maybe the, the like you had said, the piano organ <laughs> mindset right. versus the worship band. Do you have any advice that you could give to somebody like that as far as coming into a church setting and maybe even uh, advice as far as what kind of an attitude to adapt and, and maybe what kind of patience to have in that? Sure. I think uh, what was so crucial for us was that the pastor, I think the first thing I would uh, tell a, a young worship leader or any worship leader, I guess, going into a situation where they're being asked to kind of transition, if you will, their music, is that the pastor is 100% bought in. Um, through through the transition, there were times where people would, would complain or not like what was happening to the pastor, and he would just say, man... John's doing a great job. He's doing everything we're asking him to do. We're so proud of him. And uh, not really the response maybe they expected. Yeah. And I appreciated that so much because I've got friends, and I'm sure you you probably do too, uh, Rick, who have gone to a place and um, the pastor or the board says they want to go that direction. But when the worship leader starts taking things that direction and people start complaining, then they throw the worship leader under the bus. Right. <laughs> they go, oh, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. That was really crazy. And then they 
you know, it, it can turn into a bad situation. So the first thing is that I think, uh, just as important though is as far as the attitude of the, the, the leader coming in is people first, mm-hmm. people first. And I wish that I knew all of that, what all of that means when I first started because I was really young. Um, I was only 25 when we came here, 26 hmm. maybe. So I was pretty young and, um, 26. Yeah. And, um, so I probably didn't learn this as well as I wish I would have early on, but people first, um, it's really about people. And so don't run over people to get to, um, what you, what you are trying to strive for, bring them along the best you, you possibly can. Uh, and some people are going to make a choice to maybe go and worship somewhere else. But what had happened at our at our church, again, our church was a great church. They had just become over the years inwardly focused a little bit. And um, I'll never forget our pastor came into a staff meeting once and we were in the middle of these transitions. And it wasn't just worship. It was youth transition and how we were doing children's ministries. Um, but I'll never forget what he said. Um, he said, you know what, I'm, I'm convinced and this is, you know, you could totally tell he was had been spending time with God. And he just came out of his office and, and into a meeting and said, listen, guys, I am convinced that if we make some of these changes um, that I really feel like God's calling us to do, um, the worst thing that's going to happen is some people who already love God and are already going to go to heaven are going to find another place to worship here in town. And he goes, I can live with that. But I'm also convinced that if we don't make these changes, I feel like God is asking us to make, that there's going to be people in our community who don't hear the message of Jesus who are going to die and who aren't going to be in heaven. And I can't live with that. Hmm. And that was kind of a defining moment for us to to kind of push forward. But we brought as many people along uh, with us as we could because it is a difficult thing. Yeah. And for some folks, I think it was the instrumentation. For some, though, I think, and maybe you can relate to this, Rick, that it's a song that, you know, because he lives or some some great uh, chorus um, from back in the day that that they're that they have uh, experience tied to. Like, man, I remember when I was saved and we sang sure X or Y. And so not singing those songs as often, um, you know, some of their their spiritual experiences were, were tied to those. And I think that's tough for people. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that there's an. There isn't a black and white really good answer um, for how to help folks, you know, cross over that. And we've we've had several that have stayed, and probably several that have have left in those early years. Mm-hmm. But then God blessed us with a ton of people who were completely unchurched, and, and gave the opportunity to share the gospel in a whole new way with them. So great. Well, thank you for the the work that you're doing, John. Thank you for those words. Those are actually really uh, really wise words of advice. Um, before we head off of here today, the best way for them to be able to find the new project would be probably just go to lifewayworship.com. Absolutely. Uh, and I believe that uh, it's right on the front page. Last I looked. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's still there, but lifewayworship.com. Uh, the project's called We Give Thanks. Um, and it includes uh, Praise the Lord, the Almighty, 10,000 Reasons with the Doxology, and um, We Give Thanks with the old older chorus, Give Thanks. Again, kind of tying the old and new together. Sure. But LifeWayWorship.com is a great resource for any worship leader to find charts, to find music, and different things like that. So, yeah, for sure, if they're interested at all in uh, listening to this more or checking it out, 
LifeOfWorship.com is the place to go. Definitely. And that's one thing I really like about this project is not only, you know, if you have a full band, you can play it with the band or you have uh, tools online there where you can get the tracks and sing it along or however you want to do. So it's uh, there's multiple ways that it can be done. So, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, John, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking some time to be on the Voices in My Head podcast today. Is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with before we head off here? Oh, man, it's my privilege, Rick. I really appreciate you and uh, the gifts God's given you and, and your ministry there in Springfield. And I just love uh, being a part of the Capital C Church. You know, yeah. church, uh, every I was just at a church last weekend doing a worship retreat for them and, and leading worship there. And I just feel like I'm at home. Yeah. And uh, so I uh, just really appreciate you having me on and and uh, keep doing good. Well, Jonathan Nicholas, thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. No worries, man. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.